Welcome to episode 494 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty, team, welcome along to episode 494 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Iles. How you going, mate? I'm very good, and you? You're looking a bit suave today, mate. It's Sunday, Sunday suave day. I don't think your Sunday best. Yeah. Did you have to do that as a kid? Yeah, been down to church and yeah. everything. Yeah, you church, put your Sunday best on. Yeah. Did you go to church? No. I used to go to church, but my parents did. Ooh, didn't. A bit of lightning. Yeah, the world's about to end in Christchurch, team, with severe Storms. That's that's called babysitting. You used to go to Sunday school. They'd drop you off down there, and they'd go off and do stuff. Pretty much, go to the pub. Yeah. My parents. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they rolled. <laughs> Good Christian upbringing. <laughs> uh, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Galactic buffer. And our patrons. This is the first time we've ever recorded on a Sunday together. Like we may have done a Skype one occasionally, mm-hmm. but you're in the studios today. I know. That's why he's the got a Sunday best on. High-tech studios. The high-tech studio got the view of the storm coming over. Yeah. Name a few of the patrons, John. James Thunder Down Under Shizgill. <laughs> nice work. I've uh, got Robert Dr. Too Good. Not, no, oh, Do Dr. Good, sorry. Do, do. Uh, Turnbull. Robert the Chop Canham. Brian the Muss Lefeur. And Craig Atlantis Percival. And Craig popped an email the other day. He's... Uh, Doing some crazy challenge in Australia where we're going to hear about that maybe at the start of next year. I told him to get back to us, but I think he's doing. Wait, 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 how's it challenging? I think he's doing. How many states is there in Australia? Six, seven. Six, six, seven. seven. What do you got? Let's try it. Because I'm hopeless at geography. We've got, we've got New South Wales. Yeah. Queensland. Yeah. Okay. Nor- Northern Territory. What is Tessier State? Uh, is it State? I don't know if that's State or not. South Australia. Okay, wait, I'm going to. I'm going to. Because I don't have a clue, but I'm going to try this. Okay. So New wait. South Wales, Queensland. Northern Australia, Western Australia, South Australia, Tasmania, Victoria, seven, I reckon. Okay, here we go, John. So I've done the Google search. States in Australia. And we've got New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, Western Australia, South Australia, Capital Territory, Uh, Tasmania, Northern Territory. So there's eight. Yeah, what's the capital territory? Where's that? Australian capital territory, it's Canberra. Oh, is it Canberra, is it? Mm. I've been to Canberra. Mm. No need to go back. No need to go back. <laughs> no As you probably back. imagine, we're a little bit short on content this week. But oh, talking about the storm. Look at that, John. You can see the rain coming out of the sky. Yeah, great podcasting. Everybody oh, can see that. We talk about the weather, John. Yeah. We love it. I love it. Um, okay, so what are we going to do? So, what, no, back what Craig's doing, I think he's doing uh, seven or eight Ironmans in seven states in seven days or whatever he's doing. I think he's doing one every day for seven or eight days in each state. We'll find out more about that in the new year. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about our camp we're doing. Oh, I have to admit, I'm ser- I seriously am slightly concerned. Just the, the only bit that concerns me... Joe, Joe, go get some cement pills for Bevan for Christmas. It's the bike ride. Oh, it's 180 k. You'll be but, fine. But if 180 k flat, I wouldn't worry. Yeah. Are we going the Lorette route? Yes, we are. We're going the hard route. So, and, and we're coming back the other way. So that means what we do when we go out, we have about a seven kilometre, seven or eight kilometre climb, and then we go along the summit road, which keeps on going up and down, and it's, drop it's, into it's, a place it's called Akara. Like oh, it's, it's very hard. And it's probably another 40k, is it? Yeah, yeah. And then we drop down to a place called Akara into the harbour, come back along a few hills, and then another big sort of seven or eight k climb to get over, and then 
60k flat to get home. It's just my egg is going to hurt, John. Because well, back in the just day, get a who rope. was the king of the hills? Come on, Zania, let's Zania. Who was the king of the hills back in the day? Chris, Mc, Chris McDonald. Um, oh, I beat him. <laughs> I beat him. I remember I beat him. Yes. Zania and uh, Grinder, so the stalker and uh, the grinder, <laughs> they can give you a little tow rope and help you up the hill. I think they're going to need to. It's breaking mm. my heart. Um, anyway, so we are going to be talking some results. We had uh, a couple of 70.3s. We're getting that desperate. We're talking 70.3s. We've got an age grouper of the week. Good old uh, T-Rex sent one through. And we also have got an interview. With Carlin Pipes. Are we doing a website of the week? Uh, I think I have Yes we have Got a website of the week Just a quickie Okay so let's get into it John Boo it's, it's big racing time Of the year right now Massive it's all go And we normally wouldn't Mention 70.3s But this one happens To be on Australia And we're also going to do Some live updates Because I thought That the 70.3 In Ballarat in Australia Had finished But it's actually underway While we're recording so. And that's why we normally Don't record on a Sunday Because yes. races are happening But, but it is it's interesting, uh, we had 70.3 Taupo, which is our only race we have 70.3 in New Zealand, and it's moved from Auckland, uh, first couple of years ahead in Auckland, just became too much of a logistical nightmare, and it didn't quite get the quantity of athletes they needed to make that sustainable long term, but it was a great race, it was a real shame to see it go. Obviously you put a 70.3 banner on something, and Taupo used to have a half Ironman, which this has just taken over from, it was just the Taupo half. Now it's Taupo 70.3, and boom chart, 1,200 people enter. But how many people did Taupo? It was significantly less than that oh, was in it? terms okay. of Because Taupo numbers. was a decent-sized race, wasn't it? Yeah, but... Oh. The lightning. Um, <laughs> it was not a 1,200 race. I'm plucking a number out of the year. I, I would have thought more sort of four okay, 500. I'll, I'll try to do results from okay. last year. Um, but yeah, it is really interesting because we had Braden Curry took it out. So Braden Curry is our coast-to-coast uh, champion. He has had a couple of half Ironmans now. So he did this one. He pretty sure he won... Did he, he, pretty sure he won uh, Tauranga last year. He was either first or second up there. So he's just had a few good results, um, but he's only very new to this. He, when he did the Challenge Wanaka race last year, he was well off the pace there because he'd done coast to coast the week before. But he stated in the media that he really wants to try to see if he can go to the Rio Olympics. Now, John, this is, this, is this overly ambitious? Like, he's a great athlete, don't get he's me wrong. He's a great athlete. But that's, that's a different game. It's a different game, and I think he potentially has the capacity to do it but he's just left his run far too late like I'd, as far as I'm aware he has not done a draft legal race so it's like well you haven't, you haven't got any points whatsoever this year is Olympic year so I think he's really uh pissing into the wind not pissing saying into the wind. <laughs> I really so sprays back in his face oh yeah <laughs> I, I as I said he, he's shown his swim yeah he's coming out of the water he swam 24-34 he's a few seconds front in front of uh, guys like Callum Millwood so he's got the capacity to be uh, probably hanging there in the main pack but he's not, he's not going to be touching the, the podium or the top 10 or anything but we haven't really got a number 3 guy in New Zealand we've got 2 guys that are they'll probably get the 2 spots if we have a 3rd spot we don't really have anybody so but the thing is is there a chance of us getting a third spot if we've only got two guys? I'd have to run the mess, but I'd say highly unlikely. Okay. But he could be the third, could be first reserve or something like that. But having not even done a race, I think he's left his run a little bit too late. I think he is potentially good enough to, to be there for New Zealand. It's a bit like Macca coming back. When he came back, he was way off the pace. Um, but at the time, the Aussies didn't really have a great deal of depth. So um, we saw, you know, when he did races, he didn't do particularly well. It was admirable, 
but he didn't do particularly well. So Braden Curry took it out from Callum Millwood and Don McNeese and uh, Graham O'Grady in fourth, so it was actually a pretty decent field. On the guys' side of things, Meredith Kessler often makes her way down here, and she did so again and Girl took the race. Man. Girl side of things. Uh, pretty close. Amelia Watkinson from New Zealand was uh, running her down on the run, ended up only about 40 seconds behind her, so good effort from her. And Laura Siddle, the POM, was in fourth, and she uh, ran past Sam Warner, who apparently was doing her last professional race. She's been sort of just dabbling in it the last few years, but still, she was a great athlete in her day. And she was uh, right up there coming off the bike, but she only ran a 130 versus the rest of the girls were running 121, 122. So... That was what happened in Taupo 70.3 and lots of people will be qualifying for the world champs that was in Australia. Uh, it's going to be in Australia later in the year and there is a 70.3 in Ballarat uh, over in Australia at the moment. Annabelle Luxford's leading the girls race and off the, the fastest bike rides by the boys was Matthew Pillow and Pierre Bittner's over there. Yvonne Van Verken is racing again. She's been racing up a storm the last few weeks because she's been all over the place. So John, she actually had Ironman Western Australia last weekend, and then she's backing up doing a half this weekend. I can't find the half results. I've got an Athlinks. And that's the thing. Mm, I've got an Athlinks. Yeah. And, and they're on there, but it's, I need to do a bit more work to actually find the actual individuals of how many people actually did. But Athlinks does have a record of the old races, but mm. their, their actual website from the Taupo half has disappeared. Exactly. So good reason to get Athlinks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, okay, so what's happening in Ballarat right now, John? I've already done, done that update, well, Bevan. I was doing my work trying to do this oh, here. And trying to find out in the eight states of Australia. Multitask? Oh, man, I'm going to tell you. Okay, we've had another positive ban for an age grouper. Um, positive drugs test. Yeah, and Ben. Uh, 48 months, gets two years out mm-hmm. of the sport. But in the Slow Twitch article, he does say, uh, this is pretty much, come on. Oh, can you guys hear that? We should be doing some really dramatic part of it. You probably can't hear it, but a big clap of thunder. This is good thunder. Um, so who, a guy by the name of Thomas, how do you say the last one? Louis Witz? Louis. Uh, Lowitz. Lowitz, something like that. Danish uh, athlete. And from busted at uh, the KMD Ironman Copenhagen, where he won the age group by about three minutes, and he's progressed up. He finished sixth one year, ninth one year, and then went and won uh, won the race as well. So, bugger off, you dirty scoundrel! Took a EPO, admitted to it, and Where's you can just up, piss he's off. Got, uh, it will soon be announced that I have taken EPO in connection with my last Ironman. I would, would in this context, like to emphasise that no one has pushed me into it. It was something I did alone, and I take full responsibility for it. Triathlon has filled too much for me through a period, and I've long been thinking about putting an end to it. Unfortunately, I let myself to be tempted and fell in. I regret incredibly to those uh, in my social circle who might be adversely affected by this, as well as the clean competitors I won against. Triathlon will be a closed chapter for me by the end of this year, and I I'll concentrate on family, career, and friends. So, piss off. As yeah. far as I'm, uh, it's good they caught him. Pro, yeah, no, and they're getting a couple, um, which is which is great. So there is a little bit more of a deterrent out there um, for pro athletes taking drugs, not condoning it whatsoever. But you kind of get it, you know. You go oh, in some it's circumstances. Pure ego. In but age this in age group racing, ego. it is just yeah, it's it's horrific. So he can bugger off, which it sounds like he's going to do. So it's a good thing. Because why, it's purely... There's no financial gain. I know, that's the irony of it. Yeah. Because it's pure ego. Because hmm. the only reason you're doing it is to look good to other people. Hmm. Because if you're doing it for the sport for, I'm just trying to self-discovery, 
Hmm. Well, that's cheating. Hmm. That's that's everything that's against what like for me, Ironman was always about how can I find high levels of self through the sport? Hmm. And that's you know, the moment I gave up was the moment I thought, Well, I necessarily can't do that in this next period of my life. Um so yeah, it's pure just your ego. Yeah. So And uh, the thing I find really curious about people like that is do you feel good about yourself? I know you'd win and you'd go, oh, but you'd know you cheated. I know. And, you'd know and, and, and in cycling, I think they all rationalise, go, you know, I've won, but everybody else is cheating, so we're on a level playing field. But in age group racing, I, I, I'm not naive enough to think that there's not a, a reasonable number of people taking drugs, but I would say 90, a very high 90% of people are clean, so you really oh, are. Yeah. It would be, it would be a 1%, cheating. wouldn't it, that oh, takes yeah, drugs? Yeah, yeah, if that. Yeah. If that. But I just, I'm just not quite sure... How could you allow yourself to get the good of what you gained from when you cheated? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's strange. There was also it? another case. Put light on, John. Uh, the, we need light on. It's, <laughs> it's like to one o'clock in the afternoon and it's gone pitch black. There's also been an 18-year-old British cyclist who was like a time trial champion who's also admitted oh, to taking EPO. Yeah. Oh. Did he get busted or did he just admit? A parent busted him with a one vial of EPO and he said, that's the only vial I've ever had. It's like, yeah, well, good one. Him and they yeah. front up. Oh, yeah. the Not his parent, another parent. Oh, another parent. Yeah. Another parent. Be- Bevan, you've added news in here. Gossip, right, hold on. Gossip, this is, here comes our gossip. Because uh, you that little girl. I didn't even know she's pregnant. Oh, man, you know about the news. God. Yeah, she had a little girl. She, uh, she put some photos on Facebook. Yeah. Looks very happy. Um, yeah, pretty exciting time. So I don't think we're going to see her come back, John. You never know. She might have a new pain threshold now that she can go even faster. But now the really interesting question is, and actually there's a really good, do I put a link to this? Um, They're going to have a monster of a child. It's, it's Tom Lowe. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, was it Tom Tom Lowe? Yeah. And, and Chrissy. And they're both huge units. Real, like Tom Lowe's really tall. And yeah, Chrissy boy, is really it? tall as Tom well. Tom Lowe looks like a bit of a superhero, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. He's got that so superhero. They, I'm picking they're going to have a child that's going to be pretty long and lanky. She's... um. Yeah, so she's got a kid, which is all good. Um, but the big question is, Daniela, Chrissy. <laughs> right. Chrissy would still take it. You think? Yeah, at the moment. Really? Yeah, no, I think so. Chrissy was, yeah. Although, but, uh, Next week's show, we're going to do straight after this one, uh, we, we have sort of the, a bit of a summary of the year's results and stuff. Who's 70.3? She won the 70.3 Worlds by 12 minutes or something like that. Yeah. So. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, Brett Sutton had a really good piece about the Triple Crown and how it kind of went to Daniela getting it this year because mm. it wasn't really even in their kind of, you know, they weren't even thinking about it. And it's kind of one race they just kind of did because it was local. And then the next race it was like a big championship race anyway. Yeah. And so on. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't bike up here. <laughs> the hail started. <laughs> the world is seriously ending in Christchurch. But um, but, but there's an interesting thing when you look at the way he's trained Daniela because Daniela's still at university part time right now. Mm. Like traditionally, what is what is to do with the girls? Well, a lot of treadmill stuff, but, but a lot of racing, doesn't he? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Daniela only did two Ironman this year. Mm. You know, normally you get them doing, you, know, you look at what Chrissy was doing. Yeah, that's they, true. You know, so he's kind of shifted. Maybe I'm not quite sure why. Um, but he was saying like when he watched, when she won the world championships, mm. or uh, was it was it Austria seventy point three? Is it the word Austria? The, yeah, yeah. That she wasn't even that fit going in for it. They were hoping for a top five. I mean, she right. just bloody killed it. And he was only doing treadmill work and stuff for there. Yeah. And uh, we're very distracted by the weather. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> just storms. Oh. I hope you. I you probably can't hear it. No, uh, but she's. I would say at this stage, it's still. How can you not hear it? 
Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> I still think Chrissy's probably a, a little bit in front. You do? I do. What do you yeah. think it takes for Well, because Chris, Chrissy, was, Chrissy was running low 250s in Kona. You know, Rennie would just outrun her. Yeah. But uh, Daniela's still not quite the same level. I'd say on the bike, pretty comparable swim. Daniela's probably ahead. But on the run, probably still a little bit to, to go. And if we're going to be really anal, and this has been really anal, Daniela couldn't beat Rennie on her first year. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think Chrissy would have more fight. Yep. You know, you would look at Chrissy's last race when Chrissy was screwed. Mm-hmm. So maybe Chrissy had, had the slight mental edge, which is, which I, I know, controversial. So. Yeah. But Daniela had the potential to win that race the first year, and she yep. didn't. And she was weak. <laughs> She's weak. <laughs> This week's discussion of the week, Bevan. I saw you got Christmas. You got more Christmas presents under your Christmas tree than bloody than we have because we don't even have a Christmas tree yet. Do you have a Christmas tree? Well, no, because we're going out to Kaiteri tomorrow. So, uh, a cheap one from the warehouse for your kids, John. <laughs> it's the what date is it? It's the thirteenth of December. No, they'll get they'll get stuff when we get up there if we can fit the presents all in the car. Uh, it's time to have a look at what people suggested for Christmas gifts. And so the, the discussion of the week last week was. Some, some ideas for pretty inexpensive Christmas gifts. And I've got to say, one that I thought was really cool was Ed Hawkins. It's got this little thing called get, getclug.com. And it's basically this little plastic extrusion thing that you can use to hang your bike up either vertically or horizontally. And I'm thinking, that looks really cool. That's probably going to, it's only a little piece of plastic. I bet they're going to rip your jocks off trying to buy one of those. 20 bucks US shipped anywhere in the world. What is it? It's just a little lug to, to, to basically hang your bike up vertically or horizontally. Oh, nice. Really cool little gift. Okay, Christine uh, McKinley's got, uh, for single girls like myself, oh, single ladies, oh, single ladies, I'd like a date with Andreas Raylert. She's not mm, asking much. No. Or someone who looks just like him. Has to have shaved legs and not have any object to Ironman training. You may notice that I put all the serious ones in our show notes and I just left all the ones, uh, the non, not so hey, serious, serious ones. She's yeah. putting it out there. Okay. She's put it, it's a pretty good storm, eh, babe? <laughs> Good. Uh, Grant Bateman, he says, uh, this is an awesome gift, and it's basically made with SISU.com. And what you can do with that is you can upload your sort of Strava maps to it, and it can kind of turn it into artwork. It's quite funky. Oh, did so you can go to our Facebook page and have a look at it a bit more. Yep. Okay. Uh, good old Belle Fong. She's got... So many to choose from, but road ID is always a practical and affordable gift. And then Deborah Rencher said, completely agree with this one. Good. Uh, Rich Coleman, best 10 quid I've ever spent is a 10 pound neoprene lumbar warmer from Snug Wetsuits. Keeps your kidneys warm and toasty while you're out on your bike on these cold mornings. Yes, it's winter here in the UK. They do them in all waist sizes, so even Bevan should be covered. Smile, emotion, emoticon. What does it mean I'm lean or does it mean I'm big? I think he thinks you got a little bit of a puku. Me? Yeah. Oh, I got a six pack job. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Six pack still here, mate. It's not going to help you up the hill on the 180k. No, it's not. <laughs> I've done really well, actually, because since I've got a high man, I've put no weight on. Yeah. And I imagine a lot of people probably do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, hey, hey, back it up, mate. Back it up. Tony Hodge has got a Qualo ring. Silicone bands that you can train and race in without worrying about injury from the metal ring or losing a buck's worth of diamonds. It's just like a little ring. I've worn my wedding ring. So it goes over your ring, does it? No, I don't think so. It's like it is a ring but oh, it's made okay. of silicon. I've worn my ring since the day we got married. Never taken it off. Never taken it off. Never taken it off. I mean, I've taken it off just to play with it for a second, but it's been on every single day. 
Wow, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to get one because that's what you do when you get married. Yep. I'm giving it a week. <laughs> that's why I lose yeah. mine. Yeah. Are oh, you know that, hey, babe? If I get a ring, it's, it's out the back door, isn't it? Carl Trout said, uh, get the family members to buy gift cards for a power to max power meter. Every dollar helps. Okay. That's uh, all I got. And then uh, Tom Moore's got, I hope my wife Michelle, hint, 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 get her to listen to this one, gets me a new a big chain ring for my roadie. <laughs> hint, the lads at Trek know exactly what I want. Gosh. <laughs> couple of ideas I had was... Surely uh, you can hear this. <laughs> yeah. Surely people can hear this. Bevan and I were still louder and louder, so you can actually hear us. But the hail is coming down now. Look at uh, the windows. It's leaving marks on the windows. Oh, goodness. This is a weather commentary from the Weather Channel. Uh, I thought a really good idea. If you, d- if you don't have a New Zealand, we have Sky TV that cover all, our, all the ITU stuff. No, but oh, a season nice pass yeah. for the ITU series... Great stuff to watch on the train, just great stuff to watch in general, but pretty inexpensive. Yep. Uh, Carlin's book, you're going to hear about Carlin later in the show. Nice, got a new it's book a good out. one, yeah, nice. You become a patron of the show, gift a patron That's of the show. The best gift. And, and then it might be the gift that keeps on giving, because then they might win a trip to Kona next year. Nice. Uh, had Joe Friel's power book. You go, you go over there, Over Hunters? Sorry? Over Hunters yes. book. Why? Yep. Joe Friel's one is just like your power 101. Okay. So Hunters is great, but it's, um, but it's sort of... 202 level yeah so this is uh joe Friel's one if you're somebody who's just starting out with power that would be the way to go uh other ones would be a sub for for some sort of app like trainer road or something like that for training and then the final one would be already mentioned last week torsten's kpr observer you know what another just some nice gear is always good you know Mm -hmm. like because the cycle shorts how often do you buy cycle shorts that's a silly (laughs) question you ask me bevan (laughs) if i was a regular person you'd probably go one a season yeah, so you can often last them, make them last a little bit long. And like when you get a new chamois, it makes mm. a big difference to your life. It does. So maybe some nice cycle shorts is probably a good little gift. Chamois cream. Chamois cream is a good little stocking filler. Yes. Um, hair product? No. You use hair product, don't you? No. Isn't it? Very rarely. Really? No, yeah. Oh. You had a haircut, I noticed. Yes. Oh. Do they use product when you get your cut? Depends what time of the day it is. Mm. Um, what else? Anything else triathlon related? No. Because I imagine the problem for triathletes is they kind of have all the gear. And it's expensive. Yeah, and they've kind of got it all. So, like, the, like how much do you spend on your partner? Do you have a policy? Uh, yeah, we're supposed to. About 150 ish. Yeah, we're doing 200 this year. So, mm. um, so you know, like 200 for a gift, you know, you can probably get something nice, but you can't get something like a high end tech no. thing, can you? So, unless you're Michelle, who you can get that trick bike <laughs> for Tom. <laughs> So uh, that's this week's discussion. We're not doing any more discussions for this year because we are going on a bit of a hiatus. We will be releasing shows, but there will be no discussions as such over the next few weeks. So we'll get back to those in the new year. Jombo, sponsor. Athlinks.com. Bevan's almost already taken care of this, thanks to looking yeah, for those Taupo half Great results. example of it. So make sure you get them all submitted. If you think WTC is sniffing around your local race. Exactly. <laughs> get them up there. And so you've got a good record. Also, what they're doing now, they've got a, uh, Athlinks have got a blog. We'll have a link on our website to, to get through to their blog, but you can sign up to that and then you'll get updated whenever they release everything. They're generally just pretty casual sort of articles. Uh, why the five hour marathon and the 14 plus hour Ironman are my heroes. Um, types of people who don't like getting beat by, or the types of people we don't like getting beaten by, do expect to get a finishers medal. So just a random bunch of articles. If you just uh, like getting online, reading other people's blogs and comments on the sport that are not sort of uh, publications like you know, magazines trying to sell you stuff, 
check it out and uh, you can sign up and get a market set. Sounds good, John. Flinks.com. Flinks.com. Okay, John, we're going to... One, one two, two, three. Age group of the week. Okay, John, now, T-Rex, how to say the other name you gave him? Diplodocus. Well, I was reading on the internet about Diplodocus this is the other yes. day, John. And did you know that a Diplodocus could whip its tail so fast it would break the sound barrier, producing a cannon-like boom? I did know that. No, I didn't. <laughs> Well, T-Rex, that's what happens when he passes you. Right. It's like, boom! Okay. There you go. He's through this well, I think he's coming, he might be coming down for the... He did mention it. He did mention it. Yeah, He'll do that when he passes you going up the hill. Well, I don't think it'll be that hard to do. Uh, he sent through an age group of the week. Chaps, just popping an age group nomination for a friend and all-round cool chick, Anthea Morrison, for her recent exploits at Ironman Western Australia. She executed her race plan so well that in a race that you recently... Uh, sorry. So well in a race... That you recently said on your show that she looks like she had a real tough swim. Friend of the show, Rod Dallymore, wrote a blog post about her performance here, which I haven't actually read. Did you read that? No. Apparently it's amazing. And basically, she appears to have followed the absolute best textbook method of scoring a great Ironman bike by following power religiously on the bike. I was getting updates on her performance all day from a good, my good lady. She really enjoyed watching Anthea progress through the day and was really pleased for her. Anthea does things, these things with a great smile and attitude. And it was great to see her achievement, her achieve her goal for this race and score a sixth place in her age group. Wow. Definitely worth age group of the week. Understanding the theory of using the power meter is one thing actually applying it like she did is something else a lot of people can learn from what she did here absolutely if if, if, if you've struggled on with runs and you don't have a power meter it's just it's a fantastic tool especially on a course like western australia which is flat as a pancake i know they had some wins there this year but you really can hone in and just ride at a particular number you know and you've got confidence if you've done the right sort of training and you've done other races with power that you know that you can run well and you don't get stressed by all these people passing you on the bike you're just setting yourself up nicely so anthea's clearly done that and have a read through i've just opened up this um link we'll put it on our on the show notes with Bevan Will how to nail an Ironman run don't nail the Ironman bike which is by Rob Dallymore and really just talking through how she paced her bike based off power based off FTP and a TSS score and it really shows what a great job she did so Anthea I think our bike's still a pretty decent ride too isn't it mm-hmm. it's, I think it's one thing as well is that to trust the, the numbers not the emotion Mm. is a really powerful thing to kind mm. of install in yourself and when you've got a good coach who's saying hey here's where you need to be to actually go okay we'll just sit on those numbers and and you can get caught up in the race a little bit you know because mm-hmm. she got six so she's obviously a pretty competitive athlete mm. um you know and so it's hard not to get caught up in the race and uh you know whereas she kind of said no here's a plan i'm just gonna stick to it and stuck to it so well done wise An- racing anthea morrison you are our each group, group of the week. week love your work okay jumbo what are we talking about next got an interview coming up Karen Pipes, for those of you who have never heard of her before, she is based in the Big Island of Hawaii, uh, in Kona. She's got an endless pool there. She does a lot of um, clinics all around the world. Um, If you go into Kona, she does uh, one-on-one stuff. She has her little, um, not a stick, her... um, Just piece of foam, foam sticks thingy. I can't even remember what what I um, call them now. (laughs) Anyway. Foam stick? No, it's not a foam stack. Um, she sits there and she just does uh, loads of video footage of you, gives you feedback, you try to correct it, and that's one of the great things with endless pools. They do so, do some funky things to you when you're swimming, but you can get that instant feedback and then you can actually try to implement it and do you then know you can the other thing I love say... Is you've got the, the mirror? 
Yes. Yeah. Because you, yeah, yeah. you can actually see what you're doing as yeah. well. Because it's because yeah. swimming is not a very visual feedback kind of movement, or most movements are. But uh, but you know, like when you have got the endless pool, you can kind of see. Oh, my hand is coming across my body. And my you know, so you, while we get the mm. feedback from someone who knows what they're on about. But then Carolyn gives you the video footage as well, mm. so you um, can make instant changes. And she's got some really cool ideas on open water swimming as well. And as you're going to hear later in the interview, I'll maybe catch up with her in the new year to talk about this. This is primarily around um, what what's in her book. What's it all about? She's had a bit, a bit of a interesting old life and then also if you listen closely there's also some really good tips on places to swim in Kona other than just getting in the pier and swimming out in the course um, so listen up for that because I certainly learned a couple of new places that I'm going to try next time we're over in Kona so here she comes here is Carlin okay we are now part have two part two <laughs> we had a disaster super start. special guest on the show she's recently come out with a book called the do-over which we're going to talk um a lot about she resides in kona the big, big island yeah <laughs> and, of hawaii and uh she's a multiple masters world record holder and when i mean multiple uh it's not 200. just one or, one or two it's over 200 world records in masters swimming um she's what? recently got inducted in the uh, swimming Hall of Fame in the States, which is uh, not somewhere where many um, sort of masters athletes get into, and also dabbled in a bit in triathlon, and has also got a little uh, sort of coaching business both in Kona and uh, around the world. So it's actually the International Swimming Hall of Fame, John. Oh God, I've got to get it right. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> impressive. And uh, she's joining us, named Carlin Pipes. So welcome along to the show. Welcome and aloha. Aloha. Um, it's your summer now. You guys are warming up, aren't you? We are. Yeah, it's, it's, actually, it's going to be a good summer too because global warming is good for your crush itch. It is. Yeah. It oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always summer in Kona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, well, tell us about life in Kona because, you know, we, I think we've got this delusional little idea and for Ironman that, you know, everybody comes over each year and they just basically see the little township. Um, I'm really keen to, to know a bit more about you know some good places where people could, should go swimming because swimming's your your gig and um, everybody just goes to the pier but what, what are some of the other top spots around the island where people should go and check out we're good swim yeah. yeah well I actually a little background I moved to Kona from frigid cold San Diego in 2004 and when I say frigid cold, it, it, air temperature is not bad, but the ocean is always, you know, a Brit on the brisk side, unless it's El Nino, in which case it's actually pretty warm. But um, the the thing that drew me to Kona was the water, and just the healing water, and the beautiful colors, and the fish, and the tropical uh, wildlife in the water that, for the most part, leave you alone. Mm. And uh, so moving here was a part of a healing process, which I kind of outlined in the do-over. But um, it's amazing swimming. We have the best swimming. I've traveled all over the world. I've been to Thailand. I was in Bali last year. Um, I had there, There's no prettier water, no safer water, no cleaner water than what I've found in Kona. I mean, I've traveled the world, and I come home and go, gosh, it's right here. Mm. So very, very blessed and very grateful to call Kona my home for the past 11 years. Mm. Um, as far as swims, there are a ton of places. For instance, if you go down to the pier, um, which we call it the pier, no local will ever reference it as Dig Me Beach, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Only during Iron Man with everybody in their funky trunks and bathing suit causies that are so exciting to look at. Nobody ever calls it that. We just call it the pier. Yeah. <laughs> So just so you know, and it's a Lee drive, not a Lee He drive. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, so you're venting your frustrations there, aren't you? I could, I could feel it. 
<laughs> no, it's just funny because even you guys will throw that out there, and it's like it's a lee. It's okay, but that's a good way for you to be noticed as not from here. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Yeah, but one of the prettiest swims that you can do is you go down to the pier, and instead of pushing off from the side that the Ironman swim starts on, you just walk over to that little beach um, by the King Cam mm. and start swimming around that Heiau, that little shrine that they have, and you go right. Mm. And if you head out towards along the coast, you actually head out towards the old airport. Kind of mm. hard to say if it's north, south, east, or west. I know it's not mm. east, um, or I know it's not west. Uh, yeah, it's west. Mm. Anyway, it's beautiful. Palm trees. You go some right past Paul Allen's home. Um, beautiful coral and fish. And actually, if you get to the very last house before it turns into the old airport state recreational area, it's about 2K each mm. way. So it's a beautiful swim, lots to see. And uh, right there, it's like, you know, go left or go right. You go right, and it's beautiful. I have not done that one. Uh, I know it's 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 fantastic. I took a uh, the Wortelays out on a swim a couple of months ago, and they they just thought it was just lovely. They're like, okay, pier, follow the buoys, know how far you swam, or a scenic swim. I call it the resort swim because I feel like I'm living in a resort, which mm-hmm. I do. Um, another one that I did last uh, time with our, our camp was when we swam across to Captain Cook's um, sort of monument, which was uh, a really enjoyable swim, even though I didn't really remember to put sunscreen on my back and I was roasted for about the next uh, five days. Um, any, anywhere else around the island that um, if, if sort of outside of Kona that people could check out? Well, um, the Captain Cook swim is beautiful. Uh, let me get two more spots that are right in Kona mm. for anybody that comes back and swims. Mm. Um, Kahalu, Turtle Beach, which is also the run turnaround. If you park yourself right there by one of the lifeguard stands and swim straight out to that rock, and hang a left and start heading towards Keahoe. That is probably one of my favorite swims of all time. There's huge pillow lava. There's kind of a reef and um, a jetty right there. Absolutely gorgeous. And then the other one is from Magic Sands. Mm. Just a little bit back up, about 2K from Turtle Beach, back towards Kona. You can swim from Magic Sands south to um, to Kahalu and back and those are both you know like three to four k swims depending upon your ability and there's actually places to get out in case you find yourself (laughs) in a little bit of trouble Um, as far as further south Kua Bay that is just a little bit past the airport Uh, you won't see that on the Ironman course except for on the ride but if you notice the hills the, the hill that kind of marks that, it's right across from the Veterans Cemetery, the, the hill that marks that little beach area, I call it Butt Cheek Hill, because it looks like two bums. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Stick, or a, a bum sticking up in the air. Kua Bay is, is stunning. And then there's Kukio, which is the next beach over, and you can actually um, swim from point to point. Uh, that's where we used to have the Kukio swim, that Kukio race. Um, a Bay... Uh, is a little bit on the murky side as we travel further north and um, there's not great visibility sometimes in that bay and then of course Hapuna Mm -hmm. is absolutely gorgeous and then just a little bit south of Hapuna is a beach called Beach 69 and uh, it offers shade and uh, a beautiful area to swim and coral reefs and fish and and those are pretty much you know on the west side the the most easily accessible go-to beaches that you can get a nice open water swim Mm. I do recommend however when you do go swim and if you're kind of swimming one way and then swimming back make sure you check the currents 
by just stopping and seeing which way you go because the last thing you want to do is think, oh, I'm just feeling so great today and you zip 2K down um, to the next location and you realize you just had a monster current. It wasn't you at all. Mm. You really don't know how to swim very well and it's going to be a long way back. Mm. So check the currents um, and figure out how if it's easy to get in the water. How are you going to get out if you, say, enter from a kind of a rocky point? So figure out your exit plan and always swim with a partner. So just also in terms of Kona, you know, um, it's obviously a uh, a madhouse for sort of about two weeks or so around Ironman, and we often hear that the locals get um, quite rightly, you know, you get pretty annoyed. You know, the town basically gets um, shut down; it's gridlock and stuff. What's the, the general consensus though amongst locals? Do they do they um, despise Ironman despite it to be bringing in good revenue for for all things? And um, yeah, what's the sort of general feeling towards it? Actually, I think that you are really wrong about the, the community despising Iron Man the race. Mm. Uh, we actually love um, the time. I'm not in retail, but I know that you know a lot of our businesses really benefit from it, hotels and such and restaurants. But I think the general community really, really loves having the athletes come in because we love to share our slice of heaven with the world. Mm. And of course, there are the you know, crazy kind of aggro people that um, don't really kind of go by the aloha feeling Mm -hmm. that we like to impart. And those people can be annoying, but they are really far and few between. For the Mm -hmm. most part, the community of Kona really embraces Ironman and the Ironman athletes and the Ironman supporters and all the people because everybody, it's a carnival. I mean, it's a great time. And sure, we have traffic and sure, there's, you know, fewer items on the, at the store. But, you know, we put up with it because we get to showcase what we feel is one of the, the sweetest spots on earth, you know, which is Kona. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the actual organizers of the event, there you will find a very mixed bag. Um, I, I personally don't feel that... Um, the race gives back to the community as much as it should mm. for the support that it provides basically free of charge. Mm. And, um, and that is where you might find some frustration that uh, we really don't benefit uh, from the, the revenue that Ironman collects. Um, it doesn't really, it, they say it goes to a YMCA and they've been putting in money into a pot for quite a few years. Um, but it hasn't been realized or been given to anybody, and nor do we have a YMCA. I don't know if it will ever be built. Mm. So, you know, it just they just don't tend to give back too much. Mm. You know, they take more than they give. It's interesting given it's, it is their showcase. I was watching uh, the Kona coverage from this year just on, on YouTube the other day, and without that race... Iron Man would be in a very, very different place, I think. Mm. Oh, for sure. Oh, you're right. I mean, think about it. Where the history, I mean, the the epicness. I mean, you guys are great to talk to about yeah. epic. You know, just the lava fields and the vastness and the. Yeah. You know, we have eleven climates out of thirteen on this one island. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's huge, and and it uh, and it's it's a humbling place, uh, Madam Paley. That really um, does not um, like to be disregarded as something that can be brushed away. Um, she controls the island, and you know, John, you guys weren't here this year, but like a couple days out from Ironman, man, the swim course was just victory at sea. I mean, it was huge waves at yeah. seven o'clock in the morning, and then the next day, 
unbelievable wins on the Queen K. Just and it was just Madame Pele flexing her muscles, saying, "Hey, you little triathlete! You know, you think you're so tough. Let me show you what I got." Mm-hmm. And uh, and she does it often, and you can. You can tell during Ironman, the water gets a bit disturbed, mm. and then the day after the race, it calms down. Exactly. So, you and, see, uh, so, you so that, that energy is very, very real here, and the athletes that tap into Madame Pele and use her as a source of strength and, and grace do really well, and the people that think that you know it's all about them and how fast they go and how hard they work, it, they are humbled very quickly. I need to. I need to make friends. Yeah, mate, you, you <laughs> made that friend, friends. did you? Yeah, you're stuffed you up. You do. Whenever I'm running and I'm feeling really good, and I say, "Wow, I'm feeling really good." The next thought in my mind is, "Thank you, Madame Pele." So I stay in her good graces, connect with her as often as I can, and because she is the energy and the Ina of this island, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I, I give the credit elsewhere, and it's great. The moment that I think it's me. Within a few seconds, I could be just walking. Mm. You know, it went from "gosh, I feel great" to "oh my gosh, I I feel like I have to sit down." Mm. So, thank you, Madam Pele, are some very important words to live by I'm at an, I, in any race here. I'm going to work on that. Um, so, you, you got your, your your book out now, the Do Over. Um, I guess first thing was what what's what was the sort of the motivation to to do the book and and sometimes we hear stories about people that have um, been trying to do books and they've been in the pipelines for years and years and years and they've added a little bit so I guess yeah what was the motivation and and how long did it take to sort of come to fruition yeah. well the duo was pretty exciting um, I work with an author named Tito Morales and who who's a swimmer and it, it the project took about two years um, I have been hearing from people for for over 20 years that I should write a book. And, and Bevan, you know, you probably heard that before too. Mm. You know, write a book, write a book. I'm a writer, but I'm a very reluctant writer. I get really bogged down in the words. And so, um, uh, you know, you guys will understand this, that, you know, change typically occurs after life experiences that kind of shake you and rock your core, um, make you so uncomfortable that you know you have to do something different. And um, I had a couple of experiences like that about two and a half years ago, uh, a broken wrist, a broken heart, and I finally decided to deal with some issues that had plagued me since my childhood. And, um, and through that process and seeking some treatment and um, working with a program, I decided that it was time to start telling my story that the world needed to hear this. And so it's a, it's a story of hope, recovery, and second chances. And, and it's something that people, not nobody or very few people knew in the outside world as far as uh, my recovery from alcoholism. And uh, that's the, that's the uh, I'm out of the closet. Well, so, so on that front, you know, like, you know, it's such a revealing thing to write a book about your struggles and, you know, and, and obviously it's been quite a, a lot of energy and time in your life overcoming these struggles. So then to put it out there to the world, was that quite a scary thing to confront? No, Bevan, it's terrifying. I mean, you, well, you, you open yourself to being very vulnerable and, um, and, and being being okay with being vulnerable is probably the very first step. But you real you realize it's going to be for a greater good because the more you open yourself up to others and you share your secrets and you share the darkness that we all have inside of ourselves and uh, and know that that can be brought into the light and made healthy 
and whole, um, you're, I know that I'm going to allow other people to do the same and that they might find, you know, something in my story that resonates with them, whether it's their uh, experience with an alcoholic parent or our partner. Um, they themselves might deal with addiction. Uh, but there's just, you know, there's all kinds of nuggets in there that uh, I think people will find liberating to say, well, wow, she can do it, maybe I can. And just one step at a time, start working on those issues and find freedom and relief from the pain. Um, I'm, I haven't read the book yet because I'm gonna I'm saving that for my Christmas break over the next uh, <laughs> from mid December onwards. So I have I have sort of uh, browsed through it, and one thing I noticed is there's a lot of chapters. What, what was the sort of motivation around having so many chapters? Are they short chapters in terms of just sort of different stages that you went through. How have you sort of structured the book? <laughs> well, actually, Tito did all the structuring of the book, yeah. and and we flash back and 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 go forward, and flash back and go forward, and it makes for a very uh, compelling read because you're like, well, wait, 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 how did she get so far down? Well, wait, she started at the top, now she's at the bottom. Where do you go? So that was all Tito's doing. He did an awesome job. He was a brilliant writer, and then then I added just a lot of content to it to fill in things that he would never know. Um, and and Bevan, you asked about you know the process of writing the book. Of course, as you know, you learn so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest aha for me was, and this might sound you know obvious to everybody else, but it wasn't to me. Was that I had through the course of my recovery and getting sober that I had eventually and gradually transferred my addiction into a brand new addiction, which was what guys? New sport. Swimming. (laughs) (laughs) And which is of course is a much healthier, um, you know, addiction, but it wasn't until Tito wrote, you know, that, you know, people tend to favor certain addictions over others. You know, you work 80 hours a week. Good job. You know, you're a helicopter Mm. parent. Good job. You know, you do Ultraman and crazy endurance sports that take forever. Great job. Um, He just sat there and he he goes, and and you set over 200 Masters World Records. And I'm like, and so what's wrong with that? Mm. Mm. (laughs) And then I realized, oh, wow. That was my next addiction, and my go-to drug was breaking records. Well, I always find that really interesting as well, is this whole idea of, um, you know, because I was similar, I was kind of druggy, so I wasn't really healthy, but I was a bad drinker, and... Um, and then, and I found and I found sport and then but I became unhealthy with sport as well and I think that's often what you find with people like this and I'm past that now and that sports in a healthy place in my life but where you know like I went through years of my life if I missed a day's exercise it was like, like there's a total loss of self and it's, yes and it's a, you know there's a kind of and you see a lot of people who get injured in sport and they they actually behaving really really unhealthily but they're so attached to this thing that gives them a sense of control which is actually trapping them and so it's a really fascinating place to explore and help people grow through it that's exactly it i mean it's it can be a a vicious cycle uh you know but what what it really forced me to do was to take a look at my swimming and go okay where is this unhealthy um Mm. well the the, what was unhealthy about it it was like i I was i was determining my self-worth based on my performance Mm. And that I was only valuable if I'm this record-setting machine that, you know, is breaking all these barriers. And I had to stop and say, who am I when I'm not breaking records? And I stepped off the blocks. 
and and dug deep into who I am and and figured out the cause of why I felt the need to prove. So the kind of neat thing is is where I'm at right now, kind of like where you are, Bevan, is like the need to prove has been removed. Mm. That it- striving, you know, is it's like, and I, of course, I raced yesterday and I didn't like getting third. I still wanted to be first, but th- as far as it being the only thing that I am it's that's gone it's just a small part of who i am you know? well it's interesting we interviewed peter reed at one of the best interviews i thought we ever done on legends and it was a really interesting moment with peter where he talked about how his disapproval from his father was the real driver for him for success and then the moment his father his father sent him a letter saying oh, i kind of see what you've done i'm really proud of you and he said how he actually lost his edge at that moment and it's, wow. it can be a scary thing where the thing that gives us our success also is our limiter but you know how do we move through that and that's what kind of what you're saying here is that to accept myself in different ways is actually a really important thing to explore and evolve into isn't it it's, it's absolutely, and you know, um, you look at a lot of really driven athletes, and you, all, it doesn't take very long for you to figure out where that drive comes from. Usually, comes from not feeling accepted or uh, valued as a child, um, possibly not, you know, uh, an impaired parent. Mm-hmm. So many different factors, but that's actually what makes people you know be the best it's it's a critical factor often is that trauma or that feeling that you weren't supported that oh i'm going to show them you know and then we seek that approval sadly a lot of times those the people that you were trying to get the approval from are dead or don't really care or whatever and so it, it just can continues into you know over and over and over again and letting that go is really hard and just saying that i am enough as i as I am right here, you know, just as a person, as a human being. Mm-hmm. And, but it's a process and it takes, it takes letting go. And that's not easy because our identities get so fixed in our externals, mm-hmm. you know, rather than internal. Are you a good person? Are you a good friend? Are you a good partner? Are you, you know, are you a giving person of your time and energy? And, and you can say yes to a lot of those things. Are, you're more than your records in your first places. Well, and it's also one of the downfalls of endurance sports because it is such a single-minded natured kind of activity which does often neglect other areas of our life. So we kind of become more tripped the more we get committed to it. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know what? You know what happens. Uh, I was. You guys are going to be talking to an Ultraman athlete. I mm. had a conversation with Amber Montford, who won a couple of years ago, multiple times, I think. And uh, I said, "Are you racing?" She said, "No, I'm crewing." And I said, "Well, that's great." And she, I said, "Are you are you not racing anymore?" She goes, "No, I'm done. I, I don't have to do that anymore." And and she goes, "I guess the last time that she had competed, she." Um, she had a really ho- horrible race and then after that her thyroid went out mm-hmm. and she couldn't race and i have this theory that god universe buddha whatever the, the energy of the universe is is giving you insight that this is not a healthy thing for you to do and it starts by whispering very quietly hmm maybe this has gone a little too far that your sport is taking too much of a front seat and it's look at your relationships they're starting to suffer look at your you know and it starts whisp- by whispering and then it starts tapping you if you ignore that and then next thing you know the tap becomes a little bit of a shove the the voice gets a little louder are you doing this for the right reason? What's going on here? And and then something starts hitting you. And if you do not pay attention to the signs that have been there all along, next thing you know, you're flat on your back and you're completely out. And 
and now the choice has been taken away from you, it's now you're pretty much done. Mm. So um, I think uh, that happens with a lot of people when you look at the sequence of how you got into sport or got out of sport is that a lot, oftentimes if you don't pay attention to the signs and signals that the choice is taken away. And then you can't really do much about it. And in Amber's case, it was out for a year her, until her thyroid started to repair itself and for her to get back to normal. And, um, and she realized that she had seen the warning signs for a long time. Mm. So, so, so with, with the book, is it sort of a, 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 sort of a walkthrough of your sort of career in terms of um, pre-addiction, dealing with the addiction, uh, no, having the addiction, dealing with it, and then sort of the other side? Is it sort of a chronological um, w- walkthrough? And, and also, does it have sort of things in there which can help us, um, who, people who have, have addictions and those that are around people with addictions, sort of maybe with some tips on how they can perhaps deal with it a little bit better? Well, absolutely. The, the first step to, to um, dealing with addictions is seeking help, outside help, uh, reaching your hand out and, and accepting um that is is hugely humbling, but it's also the first step. Um, also, too, being aware that you actually have a problem that this is not no longer serving you. Uh, but the the book is is my entire journey from childhood uh, with an alcoholic parent, uh, the five kids under the age of seven, my mom in survival mode, and uh, the pool was accepting, and I got attention, I was appreciated, and I got acceptance. Mm-hmm. And though the swimming in the water filled up so many of the the cracks in in my persona that needed to be filled up that I wasn't getting in my family life. So it will take the journey, you know, a journey. It's an aquatic journey through my life and all of the lessons that I've learned along the way, which are many and which I'm sure I'll probably continue to repeat until I've mastered it. But it's really, uh, when I read the story, I sometimes have to step back and look at it and just read it from, like, I don't know this person. And, and I, it's, it's really an amazing story. I, I look back and and go, how did I do that? I mean, how did I go back to school and and swim at that level that I was at for so many years and maintain it and keep at it and keep going? Um, I, it's, I'm a, such a different person now. I, I don't know if I would have the strength and fortitude to do that. Um, but it, it is, it's a really, it's a fascinating journey into the life of an addict and an elite athlete and the struggles and the difficulties that occur from both. In the book, you, you, I think um, I read. I haven't read the book yet myself either, but because we literally got like a day ago. But, <laughs> but I know. Um, but regards to you, do mention eating disorders within it. Is that a part of the book? Oh yeah, and and, and Bevan, you're a great person to talk about this. Addicts kind of have their go-to thing. Uh, so I had an eating disorder when I was in in my teens, and that lasted until I got sober, and which was at age 31. Um, Food was not my addiction. It was just like drinking was a way to lose control and eating and binging and purging was a way to be in control. Mm -hmm. So the two kind of balanced each other out. And gratefully, the 12-step program that I work with um, helped me deal with both issues at the same time. And uh, it it was, it's it's fascinating that, you know, like uh, Ellen Hart Pena, she did an endorsement for my book and she read it and she just loved it because she herself has struggled with an eating disorder 
border. And as a matter of fact, she's a three-time, uh, you know, uh, Ironman world champion. Uh, just recently won again this last year in the 50s, 55 to 59. But ABC News or ABC did a, a movie on her called The Ellen Hart Pena Story, Dying to be Perfect. Wow. So she she had an eating disorder for many years. And, and there's a lot of people out there looking for ways to control the areas that they feel like can control because other parts of their life are out of control. Yeah, well, and also particularly and, for females with, um, you know, the image pressures that are, you know, kind of built into the kind of life they lead, it can be, um, you know, a way that they can keep their control, isn't it? it? Absolutely. And I just had a conversation yesterday with Susie Degazon, who is a 15-time Ultraman uh, competitor and world 15 champion. 15 times, that's uh, just... 15 times. <laughs> She was a 58-pound anorexic uh, and a pastry chef at the same time. (laughs) So, yeah. That's like the worst, isn't it, being anorexic and a pastry (laughs) chef, you know? A pastry chef, I know. And she's she's amazing. She's my hero. She's an angel, and she's a warrior all at the same time because, you know, we we all battle these demons that love to creep up and, and pounce on us when we're not suspecting. I think a better way to do is you look at your demons or your addictions or whatever is you turn and face them and you say, I see you. I know what you're up to. I've been down this road before and I'm not going to let you win. So that's the whole part is, like I said, we all have light and dark in, in everybody in each of us. And by acknowledging the dark parts of our lives, we don't, we take away the power. Because then they're no longer secrets. Because you, one of the program sayings is, "You're only as sick as your secrets." You hold these secrets in; they just eat you up from the inside and force you to continue to live a life that's that's not uh, real. So I sat there and looked at all of my demons and sat there and went, "Okay, well, yeah, I, I'm that. I'm selfish. Um, yeah, I'm egotistical. I'm I'm." You know, I've lied, cheated, and stealed. I've done all these bad things, but that's not who I am now. Mm-hmm. You know, Fint. and uh, it's it's very very liberating to to know all of the parts of you and be okay with them. And I'm even okay with my addictions. I mean, I'm an alcoholic. People look at me, what were you addicted to? It's like, what am I not addicted to? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I make a joke about it, and that that keeps me close to it. At arm, you know, but still at arm's length to to know that it's just right there, shimmering beneath the surface. And whether I have, you know, twenty two years of sobriety or two days, uh, I'm only an arm's length away from another drink if I choose to drink it. So, it's it's there, it's right there. You just kind of make friends with it and know it's a part of you, and try not to let it rule, run, you know, drive the bus, so to speak. Um, so we'll have a link through to the Amazon where your book's available. Is it an e-book or is it a hard copy book? Well, there's a paperback and a Kindle version. Perfect. So, so they're available, yeah. And uh, it, I think now you were asking about tips. Mm. Unfortunately, John, there are not no swimming tips in there, but there is some discussion <laughs> about there is some discussion about the swimming technique that I, I teach about the wider entry early catch freestyle. So you know, my people might do that, and they might read it and say, you know what, I need to come to Kona and 
and do a lesson with Carlin. That would be awesome. I want to get you back um, in the new year to go through some some swim stuff because um, that, that's a whole whole another topic for another day. But definitely, I know you've talked about the breaststroke, about um, uh, we've talked about that in the past and the wide entry. But I reckon we'll save that up, do that in the new year um, yeah. because you have got some some real. So guys, Carlin's got a, an endless pool in Kona, and um, whenever I run camps up over there, a bunch of guys go up there and spend plenty of time. They get whacked um, multiple times with the uh, uh, with the with a little foam uh, foam stick, and they come out. And <laughs> you get whacked by my noodle. Noodle, that's, that's the word it, I was yep. looking for. Um, but we have some fantastic feedback, and uh, and it's it's real tri specific stuff um, rather than you know um, your, your classical sort of swim coaching. So we get lots of uh, really valuable feedback from that. So I reckon we'll do that Thank maybe you. in January, February. Um, get you back on. And we'll talk through some some swim tips. So and if you are someone who's listening to this, and maybe you deep down know you've got some stuff you need to work on maybe get her book and it's because sometimes it is I do believe that the more open we are the more we allow others to be open and there's a real power in the person who's got through that themselves and you know if you can read book like uh, Karen's book The Do-Over Karen's why do I keep calling <laughs> you Karen I know you're Karen instructor I don't know why Karen. hey Bevan Bevan I can be Karen if you want me no, to no but I don't, I, don't, I don't know I've lost my mind today but anyway Get a book because it sometimes will open the door for you to be able to maybe work on yourself in some powerful ways that Carlin has done. Yes. Yeah. So. It, it's life changing. And, and, you know, we're, we need to be open to the presence of miracles because each and every one of us is a miracle. And I think we forget that. And, uh, and no matter how far down the scale you've gone, wherever you've ended up, there are no such things as dead ends. There's only, there's U turns. Mm. There's U turns. And in, I think you guys can appreciate this, is that these journeys don't start with this big, huge, momentous um, occasion type thing. They start just one step at a time and to allow yourself the the time to kind of just gradually start working on one little thing at a time, improving that, being aware, asking for help. And then pretty soon what happens is you've actually kind of gotten pretty far down the road and you don't even realize it until you look back and say, wow, I used to be that and I'm not that any longer. And I like who I'm becoming. And I think that that's it. We're all becoming. We're not static. We mm. are constantly evolving and changing. And it's whether... A do-over doesn't have to be huge. It can be just to something as like, um, well, we 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 restarted this podcast. Mm-hmm. We we did it over, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you had a conversation with somebody during the day and it didn't go well. Pick up the phone or te- send them a text and say, hey, can we start again? Uh, you can do that. Maybe you have a relationship that's heading in a wrong direction. Restart it. Do it over. And it can be even as simple as I'm swimming along and I want to work on my technique. What am I doing? Think about it, draw awareness, and try doing something different. Your next stroke can be a do-over. Mm-hmm. So it's, it can apply to everything in life. Awesome, well, thank you for your time. No, and we'll definitely get you back in the new year to talk some uh, some swim specifics. So, guys, uh, we'll have all the links on the website through to Amazon where you can get the do-over, also through to Aquatic Edge if you're going over to Kona. I know some people go over there at sort of Christmas time and stuff. Um, so Absolutely. go and check Carlin out, and we'll have you back on in the new year. So thanks so much for your time. All right, thanks, guys. And also, too, on Aquatic Edge, there's a whole bunch of tips on swimming technique and videos and stuff like that. So love to help people, and even if it's just remotely, give them some good ideas or at least stir the pot a little bit so that they start thinking about what they're doing and how they could do it better. Awesome, mate. Awesome. Pretty interesting stuff, isn't it? 
It is a sensational swimmer. Um, really, really fast. That's you know the number of world records she's got in master swimming is uh, pretty exceptional. And, and she, it sounds like she lost her, her best years, you know, mm. through kind of the distracted life, you could say. Um, it would have been interesting to see if she, what she would have reached. If yeah, you know, I'm sure she probably had a lot of what ifs from that at certain stages in her life. But um, yeah, and also very insight. So, so if you ask someone, like often. Our sport attracts a certain person, you know what I mean? It does attract that kind of very addictive personality. I know mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons it attracted me. Um, and it sounds like she's being very, very open and honest about her experience in her book. So if you are someone who feels that would really kind of hit a note with you, you may want to check out the book. I'll put a link to it on www.iamtalk.me and uh, maybe even to her website as well. So if you want to get in contact with Carlin, because obviously she's doing some very important work. Hmm. Jombo, um, let's talk about. Oh, do you want, I'll put some music on. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, no, yeah, no, you're getting lazy. You're just music. getting lazy. Know, Come on, Skype. Pick someday. up your game. Yeah, here's some music. Website of the week. week. Okay, Jombo, it's website of the week, and it's a very exciting time for website of the week because we've got a good one. Yeah, it's just it's called witsup. Dot com. We've done this one before. I think we probably have, but I was I, I was on. I'll give you Swimming another try. Another yeah, yeah another yeah. good website as well. K two two six dot com, which is where I sort of go all the time to find out non WTC long distance races. Uh, it's basically got all the events around the world uh, listed in there. So if you ever want to do a non WTC race, go there, and it's got all the challenge races, all the hits races, all the independent races, and they also have a video section in there as well. And I just happened to see something from What's Up there yesterday when I was getting ready for the show and just sort of give them a plug because uh, they do some fantastic stuff they do a lot of video interviews you know whereas we maybe do half hour interviews these guys do sort of some shorter interviews and it's really just short yeah, yeah. really short and it's, it's really just highlighting um, women in our sport I think in triathlon as opposed to a lot of other sports the women get reasonable exposure but it's still I still would definitely not say it's 50-50 and these guys here Steph and the team there at Wits Up are just trying to rectify that balance a little bit and uh, they get all the rock stars on there so what popped up for me was when Sarah Pampiona uh, won Ironman Western Australia they've got a little video clip with her then an interview you scroll a bit more back into things and they were over in Kona interviewing a whole bunch of the pros over there so if you like listening to the big names uh, get on there and they've got loads of articles and advice but also video interviews so check but it out how about this yeah banana peanut butter smoothie Right. You've got a smoothie recipe on there. Nice. One medium banana, 150 Greek yogurt, Yeah. two tablespoons of peanut butter, Yeah. one tablespoon of chia seeds, yeah. and a cup of ice. Put yeah. in the blender. Away you go. Could have a good blender, though. <laughs> Luckily, I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you get uh, nearly 3,000 kilojoules of energy, mm-hmm. 25 grams of protein, lots of fat, lots of carbs. Yeah. Good meal. Lots of calcium. So, so just a quick one this week. Um, give them a... Give them uh, shout out witsup.com it's going to be quite thick isn't it nothing no, wrong with a thick smoothie mm. I, don't really, I just have pretty basic smoothies but you're a hardcore smoothie person oh yeah you to get some kale that's the best thing we've been growing this year in our veggie patch kale is it how growing in New Zealand no it's growing really well hmm. very yeah. good for you Superfood, Bevan. Superfood. Super oh my God, we're all going to live to a hundred. <laughs> it's a superfood. The Greeks were doing it once. Yeah. Um, okay, guys. Uh, what we got next? We got questions. Oh, no sponsor. Extreme endurance. Okay, tell me about it. Because we've been talking about Christmas gifts. It's a time if you haven't got them now, go out and get them. Uh, it could be another good little gift. Maybe giving someone a three-month 
supply of extreme endurance or setting them up with if you want to go crazy, set them up with a year, year of maybe recurring deliveries or you just maybe get one of those one-off products. If you know somebody uses like just the standard extreme endurance, maybe getting them some Fuel 5 or some of the, the creatine or one of the other products there, uh, check it out. And then they've also got all their clothing on there as well. And they've got some funky new stuff coming out, their singlets and stuff. So check it out, xendurance.com. I was just on Facebook while you were doing that bit there. Okay, what are you showing me? All, all, everyone in Christchurch on Facebook is talking about oh. God. <laughs> we don't get out much in Christchurch, guys. We don't yeah, get out we much. don't. <laughs> Um, okay, ex-endurance, guys. That's it is a good idea. Because sometimes, sometimes it's nice just to get presents that stuff you get recurring. Yes. And you can just save me my money some getting while you're giving me some. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It really is. So mm. Check it out. And remember to use promo code IMTALK10 and you get yourself a nice little discount. There we go. Rock and roll. Okay, Jombo, questions and answers. We've got a quick one here, actually. Came through from uh, Michael Gilbert. He's just got Australian Ultraman. Good morning, team, from the sunny sunshine coast. Um, I'm an avid listener of the silent listener, however, after your last I'm podcast. I'm an avid silent listener. So how do you listen when you're silent? Well, he listens, but he doesn't contribute anything in the past. It's like when you ring up and you say, oh, first-time caller. There we go. So Michael's a first-time emailer. Um, I listened to your last podcast, and I have a proposal. Recently, there was some, some chat about John competing in Ultraman. There's very little <laughs> chatter about that. Into the uh, Noosa Ultraman 1617, and I will be a part of your support team and host. So I watched the race this year, and it was beautiful. And after witnessing firsthand what you can do on those epic camps, you're a perfect person for the job. I have a place just outside of Noosa with all the comforts of, and the wife that loves triathlon. I can support you in the race with my knowledge of the place. I'm a Kiwi, so I understand what you're saying when you're yelling at demands from the racetracks. What do you think? John, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, you put that proposal to Belinda yeah. and put some dollar signs underneath it. And, oh, it's uh, going to pay you to do it? Yeah. Wow. And then we can uh, talk turkey. Okay, talk turkey. Wow. So it's not happening? It's not happening. How much, I've would, heard, okay. I've How much would you have to be paid? Uh, to do an Ultraman? Um, this year. If someone came to you and said, I'll pay you this much. I don't know. Realistically, what's your bottom point? I don't know, 30 grand, something like that. 30 grand? Well, you've got, if you're going to do this, you've got to train properly for it. I just have to put all this other stuff in life on hold. So it'd have to be a fair amount. Uh-huh. So to five grand, oh, I've got to do that. No. I, the thing is, I don't have a burning desire to do an Ultraman. Ultraman Noosa, it sounds like it's a fantastic race, but I don't have a burning desire to do that. Do you reckon you could wing it? No. You can't wing running 84Ks. running, isn't it, John? I did 18 yesterday. Good for you. You proud of me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, well, you know, I try. Yeah. Uh, was it? Great. You yeah, can do the run, then. I'll do the swim bike. You can do the run. There you go. There's a deal for you. Um, if uh, <laughs> Michael Gilbert. We're going to take your place. If, if you're happy with that. You to get Bevan to run the 84Ks, I'll happily swim the 10Ks and I'll happily bike the whatever is... 274, isn't it? Over two days. With two Ironmans, so I don't know, what it, whatever it's split into. It oh, must be three, it? 360, however you, okay. you sort of get it. So if Bevan does the run, I'll do the swim bike. Not that you can, probably can't do teams anyway. We, we look pretty similar. Mm. People couldn't do, I'll just put a beer, beer rug on my that's taking <laughs> That's taking cheating to a whole new level when you actually legitimately <laughs> try to do that. <laughs> do you up the same? You could probably do it, couldn't you? Not Probably an ultra man, it's too small. Yeah. But like at a big race, a multi-day race, where there's lots of participants, who's going to know? Especially if you were the if the registered person whose name it was, was going to be finishing the race and then having the photos and stuff. Yeah. Over the, yeah but would definitely. they check? So they wouldn't. But then if they checked, 
you're on the bike, you got the helmet on, the glasses on, you probably yeah. couldn't see coming out of the swim, you keep your swim cap on, and as long as you look remotely similar. Yeah. Maybe it's a discussion of the week. What's the greatest way we could cheat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, guys, patrons of the show. I've done one, you can do the other one. I've done one, you can... Uh, I've uh, done... Don't we're, you know we're, Anthony, we're one all. Don't you know Anthony? No, I don't, but I was thinking something along... It's, you know, Anthony... Camillary. Cam- <laughs> Camillary. Camillary. I was thinking that sounds a bit like calamari, so something along those lines, Bevan. Okay, do you like calamari? I love calamari. Calamari. Calamari, calamari. <laughs> Anthony, calamari, calamari. You think he's going to like that one? No. No. I think we should do better. Let's do the other two and we'll come back with some Well, I've done better. Michael. Well, I've done Leon. Leon, feed him, parry, robo try. Because he's had a couple of knee, three knee surgeries, he said, Ugh. and he's so he's only doing seventy point threes now because it's a bit too much to, to try to do the full. How are your knees? Robo try. My knees are absolutely fine. So am I. Touch wood. It's good to have good knees, isn't it? It is good to have good knees. Because you know, considering how much we've done in our time, mm. you know, would be surprised. Weather report: one. It has stopped raining yeah, now. It's, the hail's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had Michael Collins. Now there's a guy who wrote a book. I reckon you've done this same. No, I haven't. Okay. Oh, I may have. <laughs> but, but Good to Great. My, uh, now, Jim Collins wrote Good to Great. Have you read Good to Great? Uh, no. Well, it's a very, I highly recommend a book. Good. It, it I know you've highly recommended it before. Yeah, because what it is, is basically, if you like business, John, mm-hmm. it's a great business book. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how is it that some good businesses become great businesses. And, and in the book, he basically looks at companies that have performed I can't remember, but let's say 20% better than the market mm-hmm. for a, over a 15-year period. So they have mm-hmm. to have statistically kind of done this. And then he studies those companies. So I think he finds about 15 companies. <clears throat> and then he studies those companies to give you deep insights, John, to how right. to go from good to being great. great. Yeah. Michael, I hope people call you, hey, there you go, there goes good to great. <laughs> <laughs> it was RoboTry. Robo-try. We're going to go, hey, RoboTry. <laughs> hey, Calamari. Hey, Calamari. Okay, what can we do for calamari? Squishy. <laughs> Squishy. There we go. Squishy. Okay. Squishy. Oh, I'm sure that's way better than squishy. calamari. Squishy. You can choose. Squishy. Squishy. Doesn't sound ominous. Oh, here comes okay. Squishy. No. Mm-hmm. You think you can punch him, you know, punch Squishy, but he'll just bounce right back. Oh, that's right. Okay. There nice. you go. High quality show this what week. What about the rebounder? Okay, if you want to go with that, yeah. God, you got plenty to choose from, Anthony. Yeah, you can choose Anthony. You could be the squishy rebounder, calamari. The calamari, calamari. Okay, go. John. Sponsors are Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Obviously, like the buffer. And the patrons. And we've got some great nicknames, guys. You can see why you want to become a patron after those nicknames. You could be good to great as well. Some of these names do stack, though. Oh, no, no, them, them, I think majority of the time we nail them. Yeah. Sometimes, not so much. Yes. But I think today we nailed them. Yeah. Yeah, today's an example of nailing them. John, what's your goss? What's my goss? Uh, Christmas shopping's done. Christmas shopping is done and dusted. Good. And then when this show is released, I'll be driving to Kaiteri. So you actually leave Tuesday, do you? We're leaving Tuesday, and I'll be lying on the beach by about this time next Tuesday. Oh, nice. One day, Wednesday will be shopping day to do the big food shop. Thursday, stay. How long are you there for? Two and a half weeks. You're going to try to shop for two and a half weeks? No, but we do oh. our first big shop. Oh. And then start. It's time for food this time of year, right? It is. Star Wars on Thursday. Pretty pumped for that. It is going to It is going to absolutely obliterate 
the biggest ever Do you takings. think, well, this is a very interesting discussion, John. Let's talk about Let's this. Go. I love this crap. So Box Office Mojo is where you go to find out the stats on all this kind of stuff. Box Office Mojo. So the top five movies. We've got another two shows to record, so just just yeah, keep well, moving well, along. Hey, hey, back it up. You're the one who opened this door. <laughs> so wait a second. All time. Top, top five movies of all time. All time. Okay. Top five. We'll go worldwide all time, eh? Yeah. Whoa, it's coming back. It sounds like we're in Lord of the Rings, John. Yeah. Avatar made $2.8 billion. Is that number one, is that? It's number one. It's very hard. I still haven't seen it. It's not worth seeing. Mm. It's like it's fine, but mm. it was because it was it's, it's sold by 3D. Mm. But Avatar, Titanic made $2.1 So James mm. Cameron, he's not, he doesn't have to ever work again, John, mm. if he doesn't want to. Really? <laughs> he's going to be all right. He lives in New Zealand, doesn't he? <laughs> he pretty much owns it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the next, the third... So Avatar's over 1.1 billion ahead mm. of the third place movie, mm. which is the latest Jurassic Park, and then you've got the Marvel movies. And so, so really, Avatar's it's pretty far ahead. But Star Wars is a pretty special. Do you Star think it's going to be Avatar? Star Wars is going to get such a while. I wouldn't get excited about Avatar, but you'd <laughs> think that Star Wars just encompasses such a wide audience. You know, people our age, um, oh, kids, yeah. I just yeah. think it's just going to be And it's kind nuts. of a movie everyone has to go see, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like Belinda's excited to go and see it. Like, oh, let's say something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> greatest you. movie of all time. I'll give you the top five of all time adjusted for inflation. So is this takings or number of people that actually go to see well, it? Well, it was how much it made, but if inflation counted to how much it would be right. worth today. So no Gone with idea. the Wind was number one. Right. The greatest grossing film of all time is just for inflation. Um, Star Wars would be number two, the original. Mm. Mm. Sound of Music would be number three. Mm -hmm. E.T. number four. And Titanic number five. Right. So there you go. So, mm. yeah. Other th obviously, bigger items of news this week is we've got uh, a potential new flag winner in New Zealand. So you have what, what happened? It was my second choice. I'll I, roll with it. I voted for that one, John. Yeah. You, the, your choice had no hope. It got the most votes. Which one did you go? Oh, you went for the silver, silver fern? I went for the silver fern with oh, the red and the blue. Got good. the most votes, but then they had to change it and twiggle it around, so the other one won. Is that so, democracy, John? John Key. Fair enough. I'm happy. John those Key. are the rules. I'm happy with it. John Key. Do you think it's gonna? Do you think we're gonna see change? Uh, I certainly hope so. I'll be campaigning for it. Yeah, do you think we're gonna see it? I think it'll be closer than what people think. Yeah. I think it'll be close. Yeah. I don't think it probably will, but I think it'll be close. But come on, people, we don't want to be attached to the palms any longer. Oh, come on! I love it because people think we're Australia. Oh God! <laughs> oh yeah, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Trainer. Train smart. Kia, Kia car. car.